remain standing if you open up your Bibles, please, to the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter number 8. John, chapter number 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter number 8. And verse number 58. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter number 8, and we will read verse number 58. I will read out loud if you'll follow along with me. So I, I need a lady that has a Bible to share your Bible with these folks right here. Um, you'll go move over here. Oh, you already have somebody with you. Hmm. Uh, do that. Okay, Anna Eve, move that. And uh, Erlen, you help her. Okay, move in between them, uh, Anna Eve, if you'll do that for me, please. I want everybody to have an opportunity to look on a Bible, see what I'm talking about, okay? John chapter number 8 and verse number 58, the Bible says this, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. He didn't say I was. He said I am. And Abraham was the beginning of the Jewish nation. Jesus is saying before he ever came here, anybody thought about him, he didn't say I was. He said I am. There's a reason he said that. Go to John, same book, go to John chapter 1. John chapter number 1. <clears throat> John chapter number 1, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word. See, that's capitalized. Okay, so we're not talking about the written Word. We're talking about the living Word. Jesus is the Word. He's the bread of life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And this is for all of our Jehovah Witness friends. And the word was God. Not the word was a God. The word was God. He said, I and my Father are one. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Why? Because they're the same. Now I want you to go to Revelation chapter number 22. Revelation chapter number 22. Revelation chapter number 22. Go down to verse number 13. I am Alpha and Omega. These are the Greek alphabet, the first letter in the Greek alphabet and the last. Okay? And so then he says, the beginning and the end. Not one or the other. Watch what it says. See the conjunction in between there? I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. That's why he can say, I am. He wasn't there, and he's not there. He is there. I am. Uh, so I want to talk to you about a subject this morning. I hope that will help you a great deal, but you're going to need to listen on purpose and uh, see if we can't get through some Bible this morning. Okay? Thank you for being here. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all you've done for us and uh, ask that this morning. Dear Lord, I, I am very much aware in a crowd like this, there are people on all levels of understanding and maturity and knowledge and experience and I'm just one man that's going to preach one sermon. Holy Ghost of God, if you do not give out to everyone what they need and give them their understanding in their area, it'll do very little good. God, it doesn't matter to me what people think of me in the preaching, but it does matter what they think of you and your word. So I'm asking you this morning, please help the dear people. You know the need of everybody that's in here, young and old alike. And you can take one word, one sermon, and give it to everyone exactly what they need. 
And so I pray that you'll do that this morning. Strengthen those that are a little weak. Help those, dear Lord, that perhaps they are a little too strong for their own good, that they would learn to rely upon you once again. Help us, please. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. speaks of famines and trials in the last days how they'll sweep through our land but we have his assurance that through all these trials we'll be led by his mighty hand Manna from God will come down from above to restore and to nourish our soul. So through all of your trials and all of your fears, remember God has it under control. Under control, the winds obey his will. When he speaks, the storms oh, don't be afraid. Oh, don't be afraid. Oh, the billows may roll. Rejoice in your soul, for it's under control. giant trial you may face but just when it seems you're standing alone you'll find Jesus standing there in your place with a stone of faith your giant will fall, 
and Jesus all the victory will give. So today as back then, in this world so full of sin, remember God has it under control, under control. When he speaks the storms Oh, don't be afraid Oh, don't be afraid Though the billows may roll The billows may roll God's almighty Thank you for being with us this morning. Open your Bibles, please, to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. I, I'm sorry, go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews, way up by Revelation. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13, look at verse number 8. If you don't have a King James Bible, I'm not sure what yours may say. But if every word of God is pure, every word of God, the Bible said, he shall preserve, then there has to be an every word of God somewhere or God's lying. So all of the Bibles that are out there in the world cannot be the Bible. And so I want you to see what this has to say here in verse number 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Not long ago, I was visiting uh, a lady in the hospital. And uh, while we were up there, we came downstairs and I was doing a little talking with uh, one of the uh, young ladies there in the family. 
And uh, while we were talking, it turned to religion. Of course, it normally does. I'm the reverend, you know. And uh, it turned to religion. And uh, I started heading towards salvation. And the, you, you know what happens when you're witnessing to people. All of a sudden, people want to ask questions. They get a little nervous. Uh, they go in. They go out. They make noise. Well, sure enough, while I was there and I was closing in on this uh, salvation time, uh, there was an older Methodist lady there, very nice lady, liberal-minded, taught by the world, uh, up in age, and uh, very nice, soft-spoken, and uh, was just listening to the whole thing, and then interrupted out of nowhere. What does your church believe about slacks on women? Now, we were talking about salvation, and first of all, I don't know why they call them slacks. follow that part? Okay. So what does that mean? Uh, and so while we were talking about this, uh, I said, and she said, by the way, I want you to tell me why I'm not allowed. And uh, I told her, I said, ma'am, if your Methodist forefathers, if they would see a woman in, we'll call them slacks, pants, at all, whether in church or out of church, they would preach fire and damnation on you because that's what they believe. As I was saying that, she started to grin lifted one eyebrow, put her finger up in the air like this, and said, that may be true, but we live in the 21st century. I said, ma'am, I'm glad that in the Bible, the Bible says, teaches us that things of God does not change. The Bible said he is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Ladies and gentlemen, in a day and time, and you know this to be true, when everything changes, and it just keeps right on changing. Actually, it's changing quicker now than it ever has before. Some people in raising children, look how things have changed in raising kids. Also, in our very history of America, it's changing. They're rewriting our history altogether. Uh, they are making up stuff to make us look good or make us look bad, but it's changing all the time. And when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to God's word, you're trying to tell me that there are 250, maybe 300 uh, different versions of the Bible, and they're all God's word. First of all, the logic says that can't be right. Something has to be wrong with that right off the bat. When mankind is running to and fro looking for answers, name the subject. Name the, it doesn't make any difference. Um, in our school, every, every so many years, we got to buy a new math book. I didn't know two and two changed. I didn't know, but now there's new math and there's, you know, they got all this other kind of stuff going on. But things are constantly changing. And let's talk about raising children. All of a sudden we get to the place, okay, I studied the books, I talked to the pediatrician, I understand what my mom said, okay, got it all down, and it changed. And it's not working. So what do we do? We have to change again. Everything just keeps changing years later. I thank God, I thank God that I know some things that never change and they're not going to change. It makes no bit of difference what you believe or I believe. doesn't make any difference where in the world you go or if you stay here the rest of your life. The Bible, God never, he doesn't have to. He's the same yesterday and today and for however long that goes on, God said, I don't have to change. You see, I am. I'm not was and I'm not going to be. I am. So let's talk about some things that never change. Right off the bat, ready? Jesus Christ never changes. Jesus Christ never changes. The Bible said Jesus the same. Jesus the same. Jesus the same. Yesterday, your forefathers. Today, your life. And however long time may go on, Jesus said, I'm the same. 
I don't have to change. If you understand that God knows everything and is everywhere at the same time, why would he have to change? God does not have to change. Jesus doesn't have to change. In Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 11, when Jesus was getting ready to go away, do you remember what the angel said? You've been to Galilee. Why stand ye gazing into the cloud? For this same Jesus that you see go away shall come again in like manner as you see him raised. Look, it's the same Jesus. There's not another man. There's not a substitute coming back. Jesus got a little too busy, and I'm sorry, we sent this guy back instead. No, Joseph Smith, uh, that's not what happened at all. No, uh, listen to me. Jesus is coming back himself. Why? He already knew how it was going to end. From the beginning, before the world ever began, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He already knows all this. He does not have to change. It was Jesus in the beginning with God. You read Genesis chapter number 1 and you'll find out, I think it's 20 some times, God is mentioned. So Genesis and creation is all about God. It's not about monkeys. It's not about protozoa. It's about God. God did all of that. It was Jesus slain before the foundation of the world. It was Jesus that all the prophets give witness to. All the prophets give witness to. So you're hearing people today say the Old Testament has nothing to do with us today. You cannot prove the New Testament without the Old Testament. And Jesus was talked about all the time through the Old Testament. We come to find out also that Jesus was the Old Testament sacrifice. And every sacrifice that was given pointed to what was coming. Pointed to what was coming. Pointed to what was coming. What was coming. Jesus Christ, our sacrifice. It was Jesus that was born in Bethlehem of a virgin. Of a virgin. By the way, she's not an eternal virgin. Ladies, you know this as well as I do. You cannot have children and stay a virgin. I hate to break the news to you. Even science can't figure that one out. It's not true. And so we find out that Jesus had at least four brothers and at least two or more sisters after him. After him. Now you want to go, huh? He wasn't an only child. And so we find out these things about him. It was Jesus that left heaven and glory. Can you believe this? I'm just telling you right now, you better be glad I'm not God. I ain't coming down here to live. I'm going to stay up there. But the Bible said Jesus came down here to save sinners. We come to find out he lived down here for 33 and a half years, lived down here that whole, like you and I, and much, much more. Sometimes I think we pity ourselves and look what I'm going through. Have you ever looked at what he went through? I mean, from before he was even born, he was chased to be killed. Right after he was born, he had to go to a foreign country to get away from people that wanted to kill him. It was Jesus who was beaten and took upon himself the sin of all men. I'm just talking about Jesus now. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about Jesus right now. It was Jesus who was crucified as God's sacrifice for mankind. It was Jesus. Again, it was Jesus. It was Jesus that hung between heaven and earth. It was Jesus that was hung between. This wasn't done in the closet. It wasn't done back in a, in, a, in a dark alley somewhere. This was done in front of the whole world, and everybody knows it. Every culture you go to knows of a person called Jesus Christ. They may not understand it all, but they do know that name, Jesus who hung between heaven and earth. It was Jesus who was bruised, uh, uh, buried, and then went to hell and led captivity captive. You may not know this, but before Jesus went to heaven, nobody could go to heaven. There was a place called Sheol at the time, which means two compartments. And when people died in the Old Testament, if they were a believer in the blood and what was coming, Jesus Christ, they didn't deserve to go to hell. So they went to what's called the paradise side of hell, if you would. They went there. They couldn't go to heaven. They didn't deserve hell, so they went there. 
When Jesus finally died, the Bible said he went into the heart of the earth and led captivity captive. They were captive right there waiting to find out if Jesus was really going to pull this off. Well, God already knew that. But these people were in a... Uh, uh, they were in a state where they were kind of in between. Had Jesus failed, that whole crowd, millions and millions, would have immediately went to hell. So we come to find out here that it was Jesus that was buried, went to hell, and led captivity captive. It was Jesus who, 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 who arose on the third day. By the way, it was an appointed day. It wasn't any third day. It wasn't part of two and a part of a day. It was three nights and three days in the heart of the earth. Jesus Christ, your Savior. What I'm trying to establish with you, none of this has to change. It's not going to change. It's the same all the time. It was Jesus who ascended up into heaven. It was Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father in glory. Your Savior, this one that I'm talking about right here, and it's never going to change. I don't care if we're floating around our individual spaceships or not. This is never going to change. And to me, that brings a security that just says, oh, good, something's not changing. I am glad that Jesus is the same. Fellas, listen to me. But you're fooling around. Listen to me. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is the same all the time. He doesn't have to change. He's not going to change. We find out it's Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven and makes intercessions for you and I that are saved. It is Jesus who went to prepare a place for us. I can't imagine that. Jesus has been gone now for over 2,000 years. Right now, please understand: a day to the to the Lord, not to us, but to Him, uh, is as a, a thousand years is one day. So He's been up there two days. Now we have builders in here. How long does it take you to build a house? Please understand: in one week, six days, He created everything that we know. So I can't imagine He's building a place for me. Wow, what does that mean? Have you ever let your mind drift about this? I mean, you've got to keep it in some context of the Bible. But the Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about it. What will be the size? Will I live next to the river? Will I have a porch and a swing on it? I don't know. And uh, I'm not sure that's what's really important when we get there. I just know that he said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. This is what God in John chapter 14 tries to comfort us with. The Bible said that Jesus is coming again. Himself. 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 He's not sending back an angel. We are not setting up his kingdom. Get away from the, from the kingdom doctrine right now. Get away from it. There is no kingdom being set up right now. Jesus said, I will come and set up my kingdom and there will be peace on the earth. Jesus has not come back yet. When that happens, then we'll start the, tri uh, then we'll start the millennial reign, the kingdom age. But before that, there's seven years of tribulation that we're going to go. And trust me, we haven't started that one yet. So we find out here, he said that he will come and receive unto himself those that have been born again. I hope you're saved. I hope you're saved with all my heart. You say, preacher, what if things change? It's not going to change. When it comes to salvation, it is not going to change. You've got to understand there's something. We have been bred to believe. Everything keeps changing. So we, keep we have to keep up with the change. I'm telling you right now, there are things that are not going to change. I don't care what happens here in America or around the world. Salvation hasn't changed. It's not going to change. Can I say this too? Salvation is not a thing. Salvation is a person. Salvation is not a thing. Salvation is a person. What did he say to uh, Mary and Martha uh, when Lazarus was, was dead? Uh, he came and talked to them and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, they'll wake someday. That's what they thought. He said, no, no, Mary, Martha, you're missing the point. 
I'm here, and I am the resurrection and the life. You have to understand, we're not waiting for a thing to happen. We're not waiting for a date to happen. We're waiting on a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name. Why is there not salvation in any other? Because there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's talking about Jesus Christ. You do not call upon Jesus Christ. It'll never change. I don't care how many Buddhas there are in the world, how many Confucius there are in the world, how many confused educators there are in the world. It doesn't make a bit of difference at all. We feel out of place because people get, are you kidding me? Only one way. In this whole world, there's only one way. Well, either that or God's lying. Now, personally, I'd rather believe God than you. I'd rather believe God than a professor down on campus. Why? Because the Bible said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men. Okay, where you go on this planet, you're under heaven. So either we totally misunderstand, sit still please, or God's lying. I find it hard even to suggest that. I really do. So in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9, that if we shall confess with our mouth, guess who? Guess who? Talk to me. The Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, not church, not, not just I, I'm trying to straighten up, not baptism. By the way, some of you, it's what you tell me. You, say, you, you talk to me sometimes, and I say, well, tell me about the day you got saved. I was baptized in. Now, either you are not understanding the difference between salvation and baptism, and you think they're one and the same. And some people have been taught that, and they may truly be saved, but they totally misunderstand what they just said. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. Baptism is something we do after we're saved. If you're not saved, there's no reason. Go home and get underneath the tub in the water. There you go. Same thing. Don't make a bit of difference. And uh, so baptism is simply an outward showing of an inward work. Salvation takes place in here. Look at me. Salvation takes place in here. And nobody can see in there. So the Bible said work out your salvation. It's not saying work for your salvation. It's saying now that you have it in here, get it out here. That men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's never going to change. It's the same all the time. Salvation has never been nor will ever be by baptism. It will never been, never has been by church membership. Now, I'm going to dispel a lot of things. Why? Because it doesn't change. Membership, living a good life, not sinning as much as other people. You're not saved because of that. The Bible said, for all have sinned. It didn't say how much. It just says, I'm going to make a point here. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If this is God's glory and you're going to live good enough to meet there, everybody's come short. Everybody's come short. All right? But that's okay because God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's not waiting for you to get gooder. It's not your knowledge of the Bible. There are people down on campus that don't believe the first thing about God and all they do is study the Bible and religious history. Trust me, they're not saved. Close encounters of the third kind. I died and went to hell and God brought me back. That's a lie. That never happened. Never happened. The Bible said, as a tree falls, so shall it lie. The Bible said, it is pointed unto man once to die. Now, clinically, you may have died because man determines death a little differently than God does. God said, when you're dead, you're dead, dead. You ain't coming back. You're dead, dead. You're dead, dead. You're not coming back. So the, the point would be this. Okay, if I'm dead, dead, I'm going to go somewhere. Where am I going? So what I do here determines are you looking at me? We pay a lot for these props, folks. Pay attention. 
So here's what you have to understand here. It is not the Catholic Church. It's not the Lutheran Church. It's not the Church of God. You ready for this? It's not the Baptist Church. It's not the tongue speakers, the healers, the fake healers. It's not about that at all. I sound like Trump right there, didn't I? From the beginning, it's, it's not by you suffering more than others and God will have pity on you. You've never suffered near like Jesus Christ. The Bible said God was pleased by his son. He's not pleased by your suffering. He's pleased by his son, Jesus Christ. And that's never going to change. So we have to understand self-denial, self-sacrifice, prayer, crying. You're not saved by prayer. You're saved by Jesus Christ. Amen. You prayed till the cows come home. Whatever that means. The cows... I never, my cows never come home. Do you understand? Folks, I'm trying to get you to understand. In our fast-paced, always-changing world, you name the subject, you name whatever, it'll change. You no more and get sick. Look, I go to the grocery store sometimes. I know on what shelf it's at. I know what aisle it's at. I know what the box looks like. I know what's in it. I want that. I just walk right in. like. And they change things on me. They change the package. And now I'm wondering, is this the same stuff? It has the same name. So people say they just repackaged it. So let me get this right. That which I always depended on, that which I loved to eat, that which I knew where it was at, that which I knew at the label, I mean, I could just look at it and go, there it is right there. It should be back there about three-quarters of the way down on the second shelf. You'll see it right there, all right? And I go back there, and I'm going, wait a minute. Watch, ready? We rearrange the store. That doesn't help old people at all. Not at all. Now I'm low. i got to go back to the car and start all over again. <laughs> Doesn't help at all. So I'm looking at this, and please understand, this is what's happening in our churches. Right. You walk into a Baptist church, and basically you're grabbing for an item that you could always trust and knew what was in it. Right. Amen. Amen. Now you go there and go, no, it says Baptist church. And we're going, Baptist church? Oh, well, we've changed some things. Everything's changing. Everything's changing. And because everything's changing, we've been taught in school that things like evolution always changing. You never know. That's kind of confusing to me. I, I like things that don't change. I didn't say improve. I said change. I don't like things that change. So we find out all of this from the beginning of time, yesterday, today, and even in the future, salvation's not going to change. So if you're waiting to find a, 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 a chink in the armor, so to speak, if you're looking for a different way to get in there, Folks, I don't know how to break news to you, and I'm not trying to be mean. You're going to die and go to hell. There's no way to get around it. Why? There is no other way. It's the only way that there is. So we find out Jesus hasn't changed. Praise the Lord for that. We also find out that salvation hasn't changed. Heaven hasn't changed. Heaven hasn't changed. Let me tell you a few things about this. Just because we become the, what do we call it, the computer age, the the intellectual age, the, 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 the techno technological age. We, we have telescopes now. It's amazing what they can do, right? I mean, way beyond our solar system now, right? At least that's what they're telling us. Have you been there? You, okay, so you just trust this stuff. Okay. So they're, they're also telling you what they always, and I'm just telling you, this is where we come from, and this is what's happened, and this is our edge of our solar system. All that's not true anymore. You know what they did? Science, which is supposed to be proven facts, has changed again. Now what am I supposed to do? You mean to tell me Pluto is not Pluto anymore? I'm not talking about the one in Disney. I'm talking about the one, the, the planet. <laughs> Try to keep up, will you? You're trying to tell me that we, we look into all of this and our scientific minds begin to change again and we're trying to go out there to prove 
There's no heaven out here. We didn't see God out here anywhere. Thinking in a human way of thinking, applying it to an everlasting almighty God as though somehow he should report to us. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something right now. We, God doesn't have to report to us. Uh, watch, but watch what he did. Look what he did. Look what he did here. He sent his only begotten son to die for you. Did you see what he did? He gave us his word. Did you see what he did? He went away and said, I'll not leave you comforted. He gave us a Holy Spirit of God. Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding for us on that behalf. He gave us a local church. He gave us people we can look to and help and get through life with. God has done all of this for us, and mankind says, we didn't see God out there anywhere. The Bible says in Romans that the invisible things are clearly seen by the things that are made. You don't want to see it. Also, the world has taught you you can't. So you don't believe that. So what happens here is simply that heaven hasn't changed. There are 684 references in the Bible to heaven. That's a lot. That's a lot. And doesn't just say heaven, 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 heaven. It doesn't say that. All these different ways in the Bible talks about heaven. Testimonies of the Christians. I have a book in my library called The Testimonies of the Living and the Dying. Now, the reason you don't hear a lot about that except these weird things like, oh, I saw all these angels and they took me to heaven and said, I'm sorry. You can watch way too many Catholic movies. You're not going to go to heaven and God's going to send you back. If you're saved, the only way you're coming back is on a white horse with Jesus Christ, which kind of concerns me because I'm not sure how good you are on a horse. I don't know a whole lot of city folks have been working out on horses lately. I rode a horse one time. I actually, I've done it several times. And last time we were out together, I kind of surprised myself. I was making that horse do what he's supposed to do and go up the hill and stand up on two legs and go around certain. No, I don't. And uh, I, uh, we lived out in the country for a while. My family did. And they had some, there were some people that would pasture their horses out here. Trouble is, they, they weren't nice horses. They, they, they didn't like to be uh, uh, rode on. They did not like to be people getting near them. They just had an attitude, like spoiled teenagers. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, so they were riding it, and you could tell this horse was moving this way, and, and he'd buck, and he'd do this, and, and he'd go underneath these apple trees, uh, 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 wild apple trees, and, and the limbs were low. And they were doing this on the side, and they thought that was a lot of fun. They said, come on, Belle, you can do this. I'm ah, real, real keen about riding horses. No, you can do it. Just make the horse do what you want it to do, right? Make that horse do what you want it to do. That's like trying to make a teenager do something, right? So I got on the horse, and he didn't like it. Right off the bat, he didn't like it. And they said, just keep on the reins and lean forward. Hold that horn right there and just kick him in the sides, which I really didn't need to do because he's ready to take off anyway. And sure enough, man, he's off and running. And get back, and the horse, for some reason, decided he was ready to go to heaven. So he goes way up in the air like this on a horse that goes up on its back legs. You're way up there in the air. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, thanks, three of you. Uh, and so that's so why I'm going in detail because you city folks have no idea about this stuff. And so he did that. Well, what I did, I did what was natural. I reached up and grabbed the horse's mane and pulled it. Well, now the horse just wants to go on back. And I'm looking at this and thinking, oh, no, oh, no, I'm going to die. And so just as the horse is coming back, he turned and leaned this way and just laid on the ground. My leg is underneath this horse. Now, I'm going to offend all you horse lovers, right? Uh, not anything against horses. 
And uh, so I'm there, and I kept my other foot, and I'm shoving on this horse to get off my leg. And they're all laughing. They think this is funny. They think it's all funny. So I get up and look at this horse, and I went, wham, hit him right in the nose. Now, here's what you're thinking. Oh, poor horsey. Not his fault. It's the big rider's fault, right? Everything's our fault. I have some geese out here that it's going to be my fault if they don't start going someplace else. <laughs> heaven hasn't changed. Do you know where Jesus is? Jesus is in heaven. Amen. Bible said he's in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. We had a kid here one time, went home, told his mom about the third heaven. She called and said, my kid will never be back again because there's only one heaven. That's funny. Paul said he died and went to the third heaven. You see, we have the atmosphere, the stratosphere, and then the place where God dwells. It's called the third heaven. Or referred to, and Paul said he died and went to the third heaven, whether in the body he knew not or whether in the spirit he did. I don't know, but I, I just know that I saw God. I was there with him. So what happens here? Heaven is the hope of the believer. I mean, really, if we have hope of God only in this life, we're of all men most miserable, aren't we? I mean, what are you trying to live right for? If there is no heaven, what are you even trying to behave for? Man, just cut loose. Let's eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. We're just going to die. We're missing out on a lot. Amen. Well, some of you have been trying this anyway, and I don't think you're missing out on too much. So we find out heaven is the home of every child of God. Is If there is no life after death, no place in which to live out that life, why are we trying to behave? It won't make a bit of difference. Where are you going to go? Where is this place? How do you know you're going to make it there? God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let me talk about this. Ready? Sin hasn't changed. Oh, we're trying desperate. Don't get too cold here. We're trying desperately to make sin look more palatable, make it look not near as wicked. The Bible said that sin may become exceeding sinful. The reason we don't run from our life anymore, because it's not that bad. Oh, come on, everybody drinks. Everybody shoots up drugs. I mean, come on. It's just out there. Everybody shoots each other. Come on. Just, you know, we're playing it down, playing it down, playing it down. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. The Bible, that's what the Bible said. All I have for my proof is the Bible. What do you have? The Bible said, there is none that are righteous. No, not one. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. Don't make a bit of difference. God looked over all of heaven and earth. He doesn't need to look over it. He sees it all. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. The whole world. He gave his son for the whole world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. We're sinners. That's never going to change. It's not going to change. You cannot dilute sin. You cannot play down sin. We're trying awful hard and make light of sin and hide sin or call it by a different name so it's more acceptable. Sin is still sin, and it hasn't changed. It's not going to change. Now, you choose to go to a different church you want to. and not my call. That's your call. But I wouldn't give you a dime for somebody would not tell me really what that Bible's saying. Amen. And I know I'm as wicked as all get out, and you keep telling me I'm okay. I, I'm not falling for that. Amen. You may be the nicest person in the world, but if you're not going to tell me how that cow ate that cat, I'm talking to city people. If you're not going to tell me what God expects out of me and why, I don't want to hear you anymore. I don't care how nice you are, I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. But we live in a day when gay is okay. I'm sorry, the Bible hasn't changed. Didn't I not say that? Yeah. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Didn't we already talk about that? It's still unnatural sodomy, lesbians. 
Now, it, it amazes me how certain people in the world do not mind calling themselves by names that white people aren't allowed to call them. Oh, queers do the same thing. Lesbians do the same thing. Actually, that's part of their title. By the way, that title is getting bigger all the time, isn't it? It's almost the whole alphabet anymore. The L-B-G-K-U-T hyphen, excuse me, L-M-N-O. You know, and you think, what does all this even mean anymore? Have they got any brains at all? Nobody really understands what all that means anymore. Yeah, you know, the alphabet people. Yeah, we're going to go that way. So we have to understand here, that's not going to change. It's not an alcoholic or substance abuse. You do not have a substance abuse problem. You're a drunkard. You say, I don't like that. Neither did my dad. Neither did millions of other people out there. Our society is playing sin down so it doesn't look that bad. Mankind can fix this. Well, we're doing a lousy job. A lousy, I could tell you all kinds of illustrations. Women's lib is still rebellion. Women's lib is, look at me, ma'am. And, and don't be throwing darts at me with your eyeballs. Do you understand women's lib is rebellion to what God has set up? And by the way, effeminate men, just as bad. One woman, this woman, and my wife in the back. Yeah, that's right, preacher. Look, we have lovely young ladies go off to Bible college and come back single. I've never understood that. They go there. They're, they're smarter than most of the guys to begin with. They go there. They know how to dress. They know how to act. They want to live for God. And uh, I think it was Abigail had, what, two, two guys wanted to date you at one time? Or was it one? Not at the same time. Huh? She had them lined up. She turned them down. Where's Jordan? Jordan, you listen to this. Yeah, here he comes. Uh, but, but that's what, and I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? Here's what, here's what every one of them said. Preacher, they're just boys still. Boys. They want to play video games. They want to go out and goof around. They want to go out and push and shove each other. Or they, every time they walk by a mirror or plate glass window. Is that Soren? Oh, is that Soren? Okay, yeah, I go. <laughs> Soren's got to be the most perfect looking guy I think I've ever met. Seriously. And uh, I just made that up. Now, do you know living together is still fornication and adultery? Living together, I don't care what the excuse is, in the Bible, the Bible hadn't changed. We just established that. Word of God's not going to change for you. He said, well, it's more acceptable. That's like that lady, that Methodist lady, right? We live in the 21st century. Well, I'm glad God hasn't changed. Listen to me very carefully here. Fibbing and telling not the full truth. Do you know what the Bible calls that? Lying. Do you know what lying is? He takes sin. Oh, look, you're catching on. You're doing pretty good now. Not, not deceiving, not deciding to, watch it. This, this doesn't sound too bad. I just haven't decided to receive Jesus. That doesn't sound too bad. Do you know that's the worst sin you can commit? Because when you don't receive Jesus Christ as Savior, it is the only sin that keeps you out of heaven. Because he's the door. You don't receive him, you don't go. 
That's got to be the word. And besides that, in John, 1 John chapter number 5, down about verse 12 through 14, it says, if you do not believe this report, you're calling God a liar. Jesus died for you, and you say, I don't believe it. You're calling God a liar. God said he died for sinners, of which we all are, and you're saying, I don't believe that. So you're actually, you said, preacher, I've never said that. I know, but by your actions, you're saying, I don't believe it. Because certainly, if you knew God himself, sent his son to die for you, you mean to tell me you'd still be unsaved? So therefore, you're calling God a liar. I didn't say that. Look in 1 John chapter number 5. Not deciding to receive Christ. Not tithing. Oh. Hey, skin flint. Selfish. Tightwad. It's not that you don't have money to tithe. First of all, the tithe is the Lord's, not your money to begin with. This, this is when you start, ladies start rocking their leg. I'm watching you. Yeah, but I need help too. You're robbing from God and then praying he'll help you. Does that make sense? By the way, that's what it says in Malachi. It says, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. He didn't say you're stealing. He said you're robbing. Uh, my wife's younger brother was a cop for a while and then a detective and now he's retired. Praise the Lord. And... Uh, I asked him, I said, is there a difference even in, in, in the world in legal term between stealing and robbing? He said, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One wants to get in and get out with your stuff without being found. They're trying to steal. Then they steal away. You understand? The other one is, if I get caught or not, I'm taking it. I want it, I'm taking it. And the Bible said, you're stealing from God. You're robbing God. How do you rob God? I mean, he's got a wallet in the back pocket. You think it's impossible. Then why did he say it? You ready for this? The local church is called the body of Christ. When a person decides to rob somebody, they'll do bodily harm. If I have to, I'll do bodily harm. When you rob what belongs to God, you're hurting his body. You're inflicting pain upon him. Hey, set up. There's no time to fall asleep. You like the rest of it, or maybe you didn't. Who knows? And uh, now you come to find out that's why God said you're robbing me of tithes and offerings. That's supposed to go to your local church. Amen. The tithe is the Lord's, the Bible says. Yes. That 10% of not just what you earn or what you have left over. I don't know how some of you live on what you see. If your tithe is $100 per year, that means you're living on $1,000 for a whole year. Wow. You need to teach economics up here. I don't know what you're or you're lying. See, this is where it gets real quiet, which I don't expect you two guys to get quiet. <laughs> Do you know that not minding your parents just because you see things differently is still against the Bible? And here's where all the parents, okay, start shaking your head again. Yeah. See, that tie thing was like, mm, I don't know. But this whole rebellious teenager thing, yep, I've always believed that. So what happens here? It's still disobedience. Sin is still, in the Bible, referred to as black. Sin is what separates men from God. Sin still must be punished. Sin still must be forgiven. Sin still is a transgression of God's laws, and it's never going to change. Okay, you say, preacher, what are you trying to say this morning? I'm just trying to tell you there's some things never going to change. I know we're looking hard for them, but they're never going to change. You ready for this? I'm over halfway done. 
you think about that? Mm, pretty good, right? Hell hasn't changed. I don't believe in that. I don't care. What proof do you have that's not there? You're wondering right now, why did I come here? So that you could hear the truth. You didn't even know it. You came here because you need to hear the truth. And you can go to a lot of places and you're never going to hear truth. You'll hear a lot about history. You'll hear a lot about the Jews. You'll hear a lot about times and kings and, 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 and folklore. And, and you know, I've always kind of believed that's not what I'm doing here this morning. I wanted you to understand in a world that's constantly changing, there are many things that are never going to change and it's not going to change at all. Hell hasn't changed. If there be no hell, why get saved? I mean, how bad can it be? Everybody dies. But there is a hell. If there isn't, if there isn't, why do we need to be saved? Hell is not a story made up by religious people to get teenagers and people to come to God. That's not what it's there for. Do you understand that Jesus himself spoke more on hell than he did money or heaven? No, money more than heaven. Yeah. Hell is real. Jesus spoke about it. Now, are you calling Jesus a liar? He referred to it. God, he referred to it. What are we going to do with this place called hell? If a person must be saved in order to go to heaven, if he does not receive Christ as Savior, if I don't receive Christ, I can't go to heaven. I'm not going to receive him as Savior. Where am I going to go when I die? Here's what you might be thinking. It doesn't matter. I'll be dead. Oh, my goodness. Somebody has misinformed you. Do you know that we all live forever? The soul is eternal. The spirit goes back to God. The only thing is dying is your body. And that's not really you. The Bible calls that the shell, calls it the temple, okay? The real you is inside here. We, we call it the, oh, uh, no, she's not like that. We're talking about the same person, same body. No, we're talking about the real you, the way you think and interact. And so the Bible calls it eternal soul. In the very beginning, God breathed in man and he became a living soul. God gave that to you. Everybody has one. So what happens is your body dies. We'll go out to the grave, and in a few weeks from there, worms will be chewing all over you. It'll be all over with, okay? You won't be there. You won't remember, okay? You'll be dead, okay? That part of you is dead. Paul said to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. He talking about saved people. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. He's talking about saved people. Those who have received Jesus Christ as Savior. You have not received Jesus Christ as Savior. You're not a saved person. You're not a child of God. You're not one day, well, I hope God will change his mind. God's already changed his mind. He said he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God is telling you, you need to do this. It's not a suggestion. You've got to do this. It's the only hope that you've got. So we find out here with all this going on, if a person does not receive Christ, you can't go to heaven. Where in the world? Oh, come on. You don't believe like Muslims, do you? I'll tell you something else too. This is really weird. That uh, morons, Mormons, they actually believe they're earning a planet. You thought this church was weird. Okay. Uh, Mormons actually believe men. But see, they're changing. They're changing some stuff now. But there was a day when they believed men, men, ladies, listen to this. Men inherit a planet. Guess what you women do if you go? You're going to be taking care of babies and cleaning diapers throughout all of eternity. Yay! Oh, I don't believe that. Mormons believe that. Also, they have secret handshakes. 
you think some of these people right here do too. You think, what are you doing, secret handshake? I know you think this is weird. They also, I don't know if they still do, used to have special underwear with them. I don't know if it's fire retardant in case. I don't know. Where does a person go then? Not thinking about it does not make it go away. You say, I don't believe in hell. Well, you cannot believe in, 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 in gravity. Jump off the building because you don't believe it's gone. It's like that. No, it's still there, and I can prove that. Let's go up on top of the building afterward, okay? And we'll just prove that whole thing. Now, you can't see gravity. You can see the effects of gravity. You may not be able to see Jesus, but there are effects all around you. You're just not paying attention. So refusing to believe it doesn't mean it's not real. Reasoning it away with your intellectual ignorance isn't going to change a thing. Hell is still real. The eternal place of the damned is what the Bible calls. is where weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth will go on through all of eternity. You're not going to hell and burn up in three days. Quit believing Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, science has proved the body can only stay in that kind of heat. Science. So you're referring to man again. God said, I made you an eternal being. You'll live forever or die forever in hell. The reason is either Jesus is going to pay for your sin or you're going to. You can't. Therefore, you'll be paying forever because you chose not to receive the person who paid for your sin. Forever. You're not getting out of this. Well, I'll just die and so away. Oh, no, 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 no. All hope is removed in hell where the memories are keen. You know what you're going to remember? Think about this. Throughout all of eternity, while you're burning and gnashing of teeth and your friends despise that you're there. All of the memories of the opportunities that you had to be saved will be your partner throughout all of eternity. I wonder if you'll remember on this day, I heard that preacher. And he told me of things that never changed. And I started listening to him. And it seemed like he was talking to me. And now look where you're at. You're in hell. Because you failed to do the one thing. And that was to receive Christ as Savior. Therefore, in hell, the rich man Lazarus. Remember what Abraham said to him? Remember when you were like, you had your good things, Lazarus didn't. Remember that? You remember that? He was telling him, you had it good. You had this. There was your opportunity. This was what happened to you. Everything that you had the opportunity to receive Christ, everything that you knew what was right, not the things you made up, everything that God showed you, like sitting in a Baptist church on a Sunday morning, while a guy was screaming and yelling, you kept going, I don't like his attitude, but the truth was there, and you knew that. In hell throughout all of eternity. I I heard a... um, a song the other day. Uh, it's a Christian song. And he said this, Judas kissed the door of heaven and turned away. Jesus is the door. In the garden, he kissed Jesus on the cheek, called him friend, and left. Some of you are close enough. All you got to do is ask for Jesus to save you. And some of you are going to turn around and walk away. You're no different than Judas. You talk Bible, you think you've learned Bible, you're close enough, if you would, to kiss the door itself. 
never ask him to forgive you or to save you. Judas kissed the door of heaven. What a sermon title. Kissed the door of heaven and went to hell. Where the flames, you get here all kinds of people arguing. How can it be in absolute darkness and there be flames? You know what black flame is? You know what that is? Do you know before there was ever sun, there was light on this planet? Now see, you've been listening to science again. I know that you've been doing it. Well, see, it takes, uh, light moves at 186,000 miles, or what's it, feet, miles, seconds, whatever. It moves real quick. Therefore, it has taken so many thousands of years for light to get to, this, to the earth. Therefore, the earth has to be billions and billions of years old. And you fell for that. If you read the Bible, God said, let there be light. There was. God doesn't need a sun, S-U-N, to have light. Because, see, he has the sun, S-O-N, who is the light. You'll find out if you'll read that, two days later, he actually made the sun and the moon and the stars. So there was light, and then he made those things. I just love the Bible. It just takes people's arguments. They go, oh, or, huh, I didn't know that. It's amazing. We make up all of this stuff on a... I thought, have something better than that for you. The flames will burn forever and you'll not be destroyed. You'll actually hate those all around you. The man who died, uh, Lazarus and the rich man died, and he was talking to Abraham, who was afar off, couldn't help him. And he said, okay, if you can't do that, ready? Send somebody back to warn my five brothers. Well, when my brothers get here, we'll have a good time. And you probably think the devil lives there too, don't you? That his throne's in hell. He don't want to go there any more than you do. Actually, he knows it's real. He don't want to go there. He told Abraham, let somebody witness to my brothers. I don't want them here. And you believed a song, didn't you? You believed your partying brothers and sisters, didn't you? Man, if we go to hell, man, at least we'll have a good time. We'll all be together. You'll hate each other. You'll hate, and I'll tell you something else. Christian, you listening. I wonder how many of you will say, you were a Christian. Why didn't you say something to me? Not in hell, but before you get there. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me of a place called heaven and hell and how to be saved? Why didn't you say something? I don't want to push my religion. I'm not asking to push religion. I'm telling you to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. Number five, God's word hasn't changed. The Bible said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, uh, word, plural, words, shall never pass away, shall never change, never, not going to, not going to happen. Now think about all the different Bibles. God said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my, not my word, because they've sold you on, basically it's the same thing. Then it's not the words You've heard this before. I'm going to give to Soren a love letter to give to my wife. I wrote it out. I thought about it. This is what I want to say. And I give to Soren, please, give us to Mrs. Bell and tell us from me, okay? And, oh, yes, sir, anything you want. So he grabs the letter. On his way there, he gets to thinking, and he opens it up. That's not the way you should say that. You know, I, I think what he should have said, so he begins to rewrite my letter to my wife. I mean, it's the basic idea, but my wife gets it, and she goes like this. He doesn't use words like that. 
how to spell that one. They're different words. God sent us his words, his words, his love letter to us. And somewhere along the line, when he gave it to mankind, they decided to write different words. Well, it's so hard to read. We'll get into that at another time. I don't have time. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God himself shall preserve his word to all generations. So there has to be a perfectly preserved word of God that has all the words of God for every generation. Where is it? Which one is it? Oh, who knows, preacher? See, the devil's got us, doesn't he? Which church is right? What Bible's right? Who do we know who to believe? The devil's doing a good job, isn't he? Confusion is of the devil. You know when people get real confused, they quit. If they can't figure it out, they go, oh, whatever. They don't know what they're talking about either. Why go on? They don't know what they're talking about. And we give up. He knows that. So God gave us things that would never change. There is an attack on God's word today. When I say things like that, I know most people in the world are going, huh? With all these Bibles, they're not all Bibles. They're commentaries at best. At best, there is a, why, why do we have to keep changing the King James Bible? Are we not the intelligent generation? I made it through high school. I'm pretty smart. I, I had four, 14 years of college and higher education. Took me 14 years to get through three years, but I made it. This book, the King James Bible, the King James, the hard one to read, the hard one to understand. You take out rivers, names of people, which I can't pronounce most of myself. Take out the names of people. Basically, the King James Bible, the words in there are three syllables long. Sixth grade level reading. Do you know what we're saying about ourselves? We ain't got that many smarts, does we? 200 plus different versions of the Bible, all of them attack the pureness and inerrancy of God's word. It attacks his deity. It attacks the blood. It attacks fasting. It attacks all. Somebody said recently said, well, aren't they all basically the same? When a person makes that statement, I know it, it, they don't purposely say that. It's just a statement of ignorance. Ignorance meaning they just don't understand. They don't know. The new King James. Doesn't it sound good? It's a new King James. 35,000 changes, additions, or deletions. 35, that, does that sound like just taking out the these and thous? Good news for modern man? Straight out of hell. Man, that thing is so pitiful, it's pathetic. Well, this is the way people talk today. Change. You think that'd be the last one? Then how do we end up with two to 300 different types of, they call them Bibles? How do we do that? And then don't they always do this? Well, this is from the originals and is more exact. Wait a minute, you're the same guys that wrote the last one and said it's from the originals and more exact. So now this is more exacter? And you do understand there are no originals anymore. Hasn't been for a long, long time. But what are you supposed to say? We disbelieve it. They raise question about the verses, about the, about the, about the, uh, yeah, verses, the interpretation. So to make the common person believe I don't even need to carry a Bible to church. They'll tell me. You know, that's what Catholics teach. Catholics teach their people. I, 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 she's probably not watching right now, but Marie Usher was a nun. She got saved. She came here for a long, long time. She was a nun for four years. They actually teach 
the priests and the nuns to teach people you don't need to read the Bible for yourself. That's why God sent us here. And look at the mess they're in. So I tell you, get out your Bible. Look, I know you. You're not memorizing all this. I'll get the sermon later. We know who gets sermons. You ain't one of them. So what happens here is this. Things are changing all the time. God's word hasn't changed on the matter of marriage. Not going to change. On the matter of how to raise children. Attending church. Salvation. Separation from world. Holy living. Living together. Pastoral authority. The home. How God has set it up. Tithing. Heaven. Hell. Sodomy. Lesbians. Rebellion. God, The word of God is not going to change. Folks, it's not going to change. Is that why they're writing a new Bible? They actually take some of these words and turn them into a today's word, which makes it a whole lot easier to accept. God does not accept filth and sin. He's not going to. He'll forgive it, but he will not accept it. I tell people all the time, we will, we will accept where you're at, not who you are. See, that's the big push today. I think I'll be accepted for who we are. No, 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 no. I'll accept you from where you're at and take you where God wants you to be. But I'm not going to accept what you are. This is what the world's doing. The world is just tearing things apart because they're doing what they think should be done. How's that working? We're at each other's throat more now than ever before. Kids are running the streets. When did that ever happen? What is going on? And we're looking to blame somebody. Look here. I'll show you the blame. You ready? Get a mirror out and look in it. If you're a born-again Christian, we are a part of that problem. God does not hold sin. He holds their sin against them, but the answer is his kids that live in this world. We're not telling people about Christ. I hold preachers responsible more than anything else. Preacher, quit deciding what they need to hear or not hear. Preach the Bible. Tell them what saith the word of God. Let God and the Holy Spirit deal with them. You do what's right. You cannot do what you've never heard, what you do not know. My job is to preach the whole word of God. You answer to God for what you're going to do with it. See, you made me mad. He's trying. We're just not listening. The way to go to heaven hasn't changed. Jesus died for sinners of which we all are. The Bible says so. So I'm not just talking to certain people. I'm talking to everybody in here. I'm talking to everybody on this planet. You must acknowledge and agree with God about you and Jesus Christ. Well, I disagree with pants. I'm sorry, that's not a part of salvation. Well, what if I have 45 earrings in one ear and 14 in my nose? What does that mean? It means you fell in your sister's toolbox and got metal all over your face. I don't know what it means. What does it mean? Oh, you got real quiet, didn't you? What if I were talking about tattoos? You don't know what it's like. Don't tell me what I don't. I ask Soren all the time. He tells me. So, <laughs> Because sin must be punished, either you or Jesus must pay for it. Sin must be punished. It's like your credit card that you keep hoping Biden will pay off. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. And your college education too. You ran up a bill clear to here and now you're hoping somebody else will step in and pay it off. I don't even like credit card companies saying, what the credit card companies don't want you to know is even though you charged all this up, you don't need to pay all that. You charged it up, you pay for it. You say, you don't know what it's like. First of all, you don't know that. We'll leave it at that. 
Jesus will pay for your sin. He has paid it in full. If you'll accept him, it's already been forgiven. If you don't, the whole, look, the whole contract's right here. Sign your name to the bottom. Now, don't tell me. Somebody said, okay, you owe $450,000. I go down the bank. I pull out $450,000, set it right up here, and a contract that says you have to admit that I paid this for you in full and that you're thankful and you'll receive it. What's the catch? Is that what you do? What's the catch? What if I don't go along with everything? We're talking about your entire debt being paid off. Why in the world would you do that? But you're sitting in here right now wondering if you really want to become a, a Christian, right? By the way, I've never asked you to become a Baptist, though you should. If you're going to go to heaven, you might as well go first class. The way to go to heaven has not changed. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. I'm hoping, I'm, the last thing I want to do is make this so complicated you're confused. I don't want to do that. I'm trying very hard not to do that. I did go to school and I did go to college. But I'm not trying to show everybody how smart I am. What good would that be if you didn't understand what I was talking about? I'm trying to simply tell you what every child could easily understand and accept. Jesus, God's only begotten son, came down from heaven as a man, lived and suffered more than any other man ever. The cross was not the worst part of that whole episode. was the cup that he drank. He didn't say, Father, take the cross from me. He didn't say that. He talked about the cup. I personally believe it was the sin that he had to take upon himself. You see, he, he never knew what sin was. He, in heaven, they don't know what that is. He, he, no, no guile was ever found in his mouth. Nothing, even slightly. The Bible said in God, there is no, there is no uh, shadow. Uh, see, there is no darkness nor shadow of turning. There's nothing, not, not even a shade of gray. It's just light. Jesus left that and came down here. Not to show off or to prove that he could do it. He did it for you. And then he warns you, heaven can be your home. I told this not long ago. I, I, was, I was watching, um, I forget the guy's name. A long time ago when my wife and I first got saved, I was watching a program on Sunday morning before we went to church. And back then, you could find good programs about church. Uh, and um, I was listening to this man describe the crucifixion. And the guy was pretty, oh, it was James Robinson. He used to be a great preacher. And uh, he was saying, I was sitting in the hallway on a Sunday morning, getting ready to leave, put, I think he's putting his shoes on or something. And he said, my chubby little grandson come jogging down the hallway. All he had on was a pair of diapers. Come running as he parked. And he said, I got to looking at him, and I thought to myself, what would I do if men came through my front door? Listen to me. Hey, sit up and pay attention. Men came through my front door, took my son into my backyard. While I'm watching, they beat him unmercifully. Lay his back open, spit in his face. Make fun of him, and I'm watching the whole thing. I'm, I'm his father. I'm his, he's his grandfather, but he said, I'm watching this whole thing in my backyard. They're making fun, yelling, screaming, stripping him of everything that he had. And then put him on a cross. Put spikes through his hands, his feet, 
He stuck a spear in his side while they all waited to see if he could really do it. Then he died and came back again. And you come to me and say, can I, can I come into your house some other way? Because I told you, if you do not believe my son did that for you, you're not coming in my house. And you want to know if you can come in some other way other than believing he did that for you? He described his grandson. He said, you ever notice little kids, uh, especially the fat ones, they have little dimples. You ever notice that? They have dimples everywhere in their knees, in the back of their rear end up here, right? You ever notice that? They got dimples everywhere. And uh, they got dimples there. And he, he was describing this whole thing so that we would fall in love with his grandson. But God described his son. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. And the whole world knows in God's backyard, everybody knows what happened in the backyard. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Don't quit playing stupid. You know it. Everybody knows. And somehow you believe you're going to get there some other way. Not going to happen. It's never going to change. God thought about everything and said, this is the way it has to be. It's the only way it's going to be. And for you to walk out of here lost, it's nobody's fault. God's not going to send you to hell. Look up here, look up here. God's not going to send you to hell. You refused the door to heaven. You decided, I'll go somewhere else. Place to go. Your choice. Let's pray. Father, thank you.